Welcome to Hope's Reason, a podcast of discipleship with Stephen Bedard. Please come and visit me at hopesreason.com. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash hopesreason. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. As I'm recording this, I have just turned 50 years old yesterday, and I thought this would be a good time for me to share a little bit about what I am thinking at this stage of my life and where I have come from. It's interesting to look back that now I am actually pastoring in the same city in which I grew up, and this is likely to be my last church that I'll be pastoring at. My intention is to eventually retire here. So it's as if I came full circle. So I've had a, a great life. I uh, grew up in the city of St. Catharines and was living in a loving home with uh, some great parents. I was an only child and that was okay because I got really spoiled, and I was just fine with that. I uh, grew up going to church. I attended an Anglican church, and I was very active in the church I went to, but I really was not experiencing a personal faith there. Uh, It's not necessarily a, a problem with that church or the Anglican church in general. Rather, I myself had just not made that connection. And I can remember in my mid-teens as I was involved in a worship service and I was what was called a chalice bearer. And my job would be to administer the cup during the Eucharist. And I would say the words, the blood of Christ shed for you. And I remember realizing that I did not necessarily believe that. And I looked up at one of the stained glass windows and the picture of Jesus and thought, I don't know that I'm really taking this that seriously. And so I decided I was going to take a break from church. And my intention was to study all the different world religions and come to an answer myself. But instead, I just stopped attending church and stopped seeking anything religiously. Uh, for a number of years. And it was not long before I ended up becoming an atheist. And eventually I ended up attending Brock University, also in St. Catharines, and I was studying business there and really got involved in the university partying scene. I was a, an introvert. I was a pretty quiet person, but I found that alcohol was helpful for me to get out of my shell, but the problem was I wasn't just drinking in moderation. I went through periods of getting drunk every single night, so it was not a good situation for me. However, being at university was good in that it was there that I ended up losing my atheism, and the way that happened was not a conversation with a Christian, but rather 
observing creation and reflecting upon the creation of the universe and the beginning of all that exists and I came to the conclusion that I could not believe that the universe and life on this planet not just simple life but the complex life that we see all around us I could not believe that that was by accident and I concluded I just didn't have the faith to be an atheist I am a skeptic at heart and I believe it takes a tremendous amount of faith to be an atheist and I don't have that faith. I can see how things would be more likely if there was some kind of designer who was involved in both the creation of the universe and the creation of life. But that didn't mean that I was ready to become a Christian. Instead, uh, I really had uh, an attitude against Christianity because I thought it was too obvious. It was just because I happened to be born in Canada that I was raised in a Christian home and that it was not a good reason for me to lean towards Christianity. So I kind of held off just as a, a theist. And in this, I can identify with C.S. Lewis, who didn't jump in from atheism to Christianity, but simply became a theist for some time. And that was my experience. But for some time after that, I realized that I really should be making some kind of commitment to a particular religion. If there really is a God, I should be getting to know him in some way. And so I asked the only one who I was confident would know the truth about the true religion, and that was God himself. And so I prayed a prayer, and it was a very simple prayer. It was uh, dear God, show me the true religion. And I'll be honest and say that there was a, a PS, and the PS was, uh, I hope that it is not Jehovah's Witnesses. No offense to Jehovah's Witnesses who might be listening to this, but I really did not want to go door to door. The irony is, eventually I did become a Christian, and I ended up doing door to door evangelism, and even uh, knocked on a couple of doors of Jehovah's Witnesses. So it was kind of funny how things worked out. And God has a sense of humor. However, I didn't know that at the time, and so I prayed my prayer, and then ended up through some really strange circumstances that I won't go into details in right now, but I ended up working for some born-again Christians who were very exuberant in their faith, uh, much different from the Anglicans that I grew up with, and uh, interestingly, this business was only two doors down from the church that I had grown up in, so I was really in the shadow of that Anglican church, but I was uh, working for some very strong Christians. Uh, I would describe them as uh, prosperity gospel type Christians, and they would spend a lot of time witnessing to me and sharing their faith and making me read tracts. If you're familiar with chick tracts, uh, those were uh, the common tracts that I would end up having to read, but they were paying me to do that, so I was okay to do that. And so because uh, part of what they were preaching to me was not simply Jesus, but the prosperity gospel, I had a sense that that was not the way things really were. Uh, so the positive side of that was I started reading the Bible, but I was reading the Bible more to try to prove them wrong rather than to seek out God for myself. However, I really felt like God was speaking to me through the scriptures 
I was smart enough to start with the New Testament, so I didn't jump right into Genesis, but I began in Matthew, and I was pretty ignorant of the Bible, and so it was a whole new learning experience for me to be reading the Bible for myself. And it was a, a really good experience for me, although at the time it scared me, and that I really had no idea the kind of things that Jesus had said, and I could really feel the call upon my life, and so uh, that frightened me. And so there were a couple of times where I actually stopped reading the Bible because that seemed like it was going to be too much for me. But I, I continued to do that, and a lot of different things happened. Eventually, left that business that I was working for, but I could not escape God. Uh, no matter where I turned, there were there was. Uh, the preaching of the gospel in some form or another, and uh, I could feel that, that God was, was drawing me. And so a, a number of things happened. I had some uh, dramatic answers to prayer, even though I, I wasn't a, uh, what I would call a Christian at the time. I certainly didn't have a, a strong personal faith, and I had no sense of having submitted myself to Jesus as Lord. Uh, but I had started attending the Anglican Church again, and the priest in our church had said something positive about Billy Graham. And that surprised me, because this was the time of the fall of Jim Baker and Jimmy Swagger. And so televangelists weren't particularly popular, so I was surprised that our priest would say something positive about Billy Graham, because I thought he was just a televangelist like the rest. And so I started watching some of his crusades on TV, and I was shocked to hear the kind of preaching that he gave and uh, the simple gospel that he shared and how it just seemed to, to make sense. And so that really made a difference for me. So I continued to listen to those crusades, and uh, eventually I broke down and uh, accepted Christ as my Savior. And that was a, a real change in my life. I uh, eventually left the uh, Anglican church that I was going to and began to attend a Pentecostal church, which was a huge change for me. Uh, such a different style. I, I needed to relearn everything, uh, especially the way communion was done, but of course uh, everything else as well, and to uh, try to get used to the messages and tongues and all the kinds of other things that would take place, uh, being slain in the spirit and a lot of things I would never have even thought about when I was in the Anglican church. It was a stretching experience for me because I wouldn't say that I am uh, Pentecostal by nature uh, and yet it was good because it uh, pushed me to experience God and to go beyond the purely intellectual faith that would come natural to me. And it was during my time at this church where I was getting involved in different ministries. I was involved in an evangelism ministry, got involved in leading a Bible study, got involved in helping out with the youth group, that I felt God calling me into ministry. And this especially took place as I went on a mission trip with Operation Mobilization to London, England, and really felt the call of God there. And so my intention was to go off to a Pentecostal Bible college to get a theological education, but through some uh, different circumstances, I ended up going to McMaster Divinity College. Since I already had an undergrad, it made sense for me to go to seminary. 
that was a, a real uh, amazing time for me. Uh, McMaster at the time was uh, fairly Baptist. It's, it's really an interdenominational seminary today, but it was fairly Baptist back then. And so it was interesting for me to go there as a Pentecostal. However, after my second year of being at the seminary, I got a call from one of my professors who was a, a pastor at a Baptist church, and he asked me to come and apply for a position as youth pastor. And I ended up getting hired there and spent uh, close to three years at that church, which was an amazing time. And I was ordained at that church and became confident in my identity as a Baptist, not in that I thought Baptists had a corner on the truth, but rather I liked how they focused on the major aspects and then left a lot of flexibility on side issues. And I really appreciated that. And so I ended up uh, getting ordained. And um, in that time, I also got married to my wife, Amanda, and we had our children, uh, Logan and Abby, which was amazing. I can't even describe what a powerful experience it is to become a father and to see uh, new life being created and so it was absolutely incredible well one of the challenges of that though is that our son logan uh, just after our daughter was born we noticed some changes in the way he was carrying himself uh, he had uh, all the words that he was supposed to have for his age and yet he began to lose all of those words and he began to get focused on different things and to be distracted. And we just noticed a lot of things that just didn't seem right. And we took him to the doctor and ended up, ended up going to a developmental pediatrician and he was diagnosed with autism. And going through that process, the doctor asked if we could put our daughter in a research study that was looking at siblings of children with autism. And we didn't think that she would have autism, but we let her go into the study and it ended up that she did have autism. And I don't know exactly what to say of what it's like to be a parent of two children with autism. There certainly were a lot of challenges, a lot of difficulties, uh, a lot of sleepless nights, but there was also a lot of positive things as well. We really experienced God in some amazing ways through these children and they continue to bless us and draw us closer to God. Uh, in that time, uh, there were a lot of changes in my ministry. I went uh, from one church as a youth pastor to another church as an associate pastor, and then eventually went to a another church, actually two churches. It was a two-point charge, and so I would preach at two different churches on a Sunday morning. And that was a, a great experience as well. And it was during that time that uh, a lot of things happened. Uh, one of them was that I wrote my first book. And at the church I was at in the small town that we were living in, there was a Canadian religion writer named Tom Harper. And he had written a book called Pagan Christ, which claimed that Jesus never existed, but he was simply a new version of pagan myths 
put together in a Jewish context. And so I responded to that with Stanley Porter, who was the president of McMaster Divinity College, and that was an amazing experience to be able to do that. Uh, not only did we write that book together, but it ended up becoming a documentary as well, which also included Tom Harper in it, which was a, a positive experience. And my church was very supportive of that. And that really is the way I see apologetics. I'm not interested in being purely on the academic level. I believe in bridging the gap between the academy and the local church. And so that's what I have attempted to do ever since then. And it was around that time that I started blogging and doing some other writing as well. And I enjoyed that very much. We also ended up uh, adopting three children into our family. They are, uh, all three of them are siblings, uh, a brother and two sisters. And each year we would uh, bring a new baby into our household and would give our congregation a shock. But uh, that was okay. And they, again, were very supportive of us. Uh, during that time, our daughter with autism was getting more serious, was uh, doing a lot of damage to the house and was attacking and uh, injuring our other children. And so we needed to uh, do something about that. And we knew that she had to go into a group home, but we weren't sure how that was going to happen. We met with a committee who was looking at those things and they told us that there was nothing that could be done that we that there were no that there were no beds available and that there was no funding available either that the only thing we could do is call children's aid and abandon our child and we were not prepared to do that at that time and as we were leaving that meeting we were driving along and my cell phone rang my wife answered it she began to cry, and I didn't know what was happening. Someone in the church had died or something else had happened, but it ended up, it was that committee calling, saying that they did not know how it happened, but bed was now available, and funding was now available. She was only seven years old at that time. That's not what we wanted to have happen for our child, and yet it was what we needed to have happen. And it ended up being a very positive experience. Uh, we were able to enjoy our daughter and not have to be stressed out about the uh, the challenges that went along with the severity of her autism. But it still is something that, uh, that haunts us, and we wish that that wasn't the case, but it's just what had to have. It's what had to happen. And uh, a number of years later, our son Logan ended up having to go into a group home as well. He was a lot calmer, but as soon as he hit puberty, things began to take off, and uh, he eventually ended up in a group home, and thankfully they're in, at this point, the same home, and that has been a, a very good experience for them. And again, we get to enjoy them and see the, the best of them, and we have a very good relationship with them. Around that time, I ended up leaving our church uh, we needed to move to be closer to where our daughter was in the group home she was in. So I left the, the church I'd been pastoring for nine years and wasn't sure what life was going to look like. And it was uh, quite difficult in many ways. I didn't have a full-time job. I was doing a number of other things. I was doing some teaching at uh, Tyndale University College and Emmanuel Bible College. I was also involved in the Army Reserves as a chaplain. I was doing some supply preaching. I ended up 
being an associate editor for Faith Today magazine for a while. But a lot of that time, I wasn't fully employed, and things were very tight. We really had to rely upon God, and there were some pretty amazing experiences we had in that where uh, the money would just show up, and it was incredible in how we were able to see God at work in our lives. And so I'm so thankful for that experience, even though it was really hard. Another thing that happened during that time is that I got very sick. And uh, I was actually doing some army training and I uh, felt like I had hurt my ankle. I could see that it was starting to swell up. When I was done the training, I went to the emergency room at the hospital and had them check it out. And they said I had just sprained it, but it would be fine in another week or two. But in a week or two, it was not only not fine, it was worse. And it had also moved into my other ankle. And then eventually it moved up into my knees as well. And they began to wonder if I might have arthritis. And then there was other things that started to happen. I started to lose weight. In fact, I lost about 35 pounds in a month. And I really didn't have the the weight to lose. And I began to uh, pass out. I began to experience all kinds of different symptoms. And uh, they were not sure what was going on. Very confident that I had cancer. Lymph nodes in my lungs were very enlarged and the only reason they were biopsying it was to see what stage of lymphoma I was at but they were all ready to start with the radiation and the chemo. When they did the biopsy they discovered not only that there was no cancer but they discovered exactly what it was that I had and I had a disease called sarcoidosis which most people have never heard of. It's a pretty rare disease but I would much rather have that. But that has been an ongoing challenge for me. I've had some pretty rough times with the sarcoidosis. It's much more than just not cancer. It has its own set of of challenges. However, at this stage in my life, I am actually doing very well. I'm the healthiest I've been in many years, and so I am thankful for that. But uh, eventually I was able to, to get over that, and eventually I ended up at the church where I'm at right now, which is Queen Street Baptist Church in St. Catharines, and I'm loving ministry here. I'm really enjoying the opportunities that I have to teach and preach and to love my congregation and to help them in the various struggles that they they face. And there is an apologetics part to that as I try to demonstrate that Christianity is a reasonable faith. It also includes my other passion of disability advocacy. I've really seen a a shift in my ministry focus in that way Uh, because of my children with autism and because of other things that are going on. I really have a heart for those with disabilities, whether physical or developmental. And God has given me so many opportunities to speak at conferences and retreats and to write and to do all kinds of different things in that area. And that fits very well with my work at Queen Street Baptist as we have a number of people with disabilities here. And it's a continual reminder of the importance of making churches welcoming. And by the way, I actually see a connection between my interest in apologetics and that of disabilities. There really is an overlap because if God is real and if he is loving, then he is present in the experience of disabilities, and we should be able to show how that works together. And so it is not a discrepancy in any way 
for me to look at disabilities and to also uh, proclaim that there is a, a powerful God who is a loving God as well. And so I'm thankful for all of these experiences that I've had over the past 50 years, and I am thankful for the opportunities I've had to share my story on my blog at stephenjbedard.com and uh, this podcast and the other podcasts that I am involved in. And I hope that you are enjoying the content that I am putting together and that you're finding something that you can learn from. And if you ever have any suggestions of something you'd like me to talk about, please contact me at steve at stephenjbedard.com. And I'd be happy to respond in whatever way.